It's taken years and years. Everyone's blessed with one special thing. Thousands of listener requests for more local programming on the weekends on 710 ESPN. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. And more cam bros on the radio. You all know exactly who I am. Say my name. And now, after hosting the popular late night happy hour on Twitter during the pandemic. So you. so successful was the late night happy hour that we already have a spinoff. You, you get to do it on actual radio. We've given the people what they wanted. Say my name. The Kamenetsky brothers have their own show. <laughs> great name. Welcome to the Saturday Morning Happy Hour with Andy and Brian Kamenetsky. The Camrose. Oh, what a day. What a lovely day. It's fun. It's smart. It's the most fun you can have on a Saturday morning. Um, actually pretty nice little Saturday. Time for your Saturday Morning Happy Hour. Right, right now. now. Hey, happy 4th of July to everyone out there today. It is uh, an unusual uh, 4th of July, to say the least. Different than uh, any I've had in 44 years I've been on the planet. Uh, but it's the 4th of July nonetheless, and we've got a lot to do today. Andy McCall. Andy is going to join us from The Athletic. He is a senior baseball writer. He's going to join us at 9.30. Uh, the Dodgers and everybody else back on the field yesterday. Um, so we'll talk about that. And Antonio Morales at 1030. Um, Larry Scott didn't sound very optimistic about college, uh, the college football, at least not in the fall um, when he was on with John and Steve earlier this week. So um, we'll get to the bottom of that. But Andy, happy 4th of July. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, it feels like we're going to have, at least in Los Angeles, fewer people congregating because of COVID and also the uh, the crackdown on people getting together, but we still will have nonstop fireworks. And I know this because we've <laughs> had nonstop fireworks for a month. So the fireworks are going to be there for anybody worried that um, the regulations in LA County will prevent you from seeing a show. Rest assured, you are likely going to see and hear them all day. So you'll have a little bit of normalcy in, in the middle of this unprecedented chaos. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how much longer the fireworks will last after today. Uh, I suspect it will not be the end because, like you mentioned, they've been going off since April. Um, but hopefully, hopefully, they'll start to taper off because people are getting real bold. It's not like the little bottle rockets or fun little things. Like, people are shooting off cannons pretty much in every neighborhood around the city. Like, it is... Oh, yeah. Like, like... Like we'll we'll set off car alarm, rattle the windows type things, and uh, quite frankly, I am over it. Um, I'm ready for that to end. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I I don't know the entire backstory on it. I like I I have heard that it is in some way a political statement. You know, in terms of everything that's going on right now, and just I sort of an overall attempt to keep people uncomfortable and unsettled because of the socioeconomic and, and social it's, it's I've, also, I've heard, I've heard that positive I've, yeah. I, I've heard that positive but i mean to this degree i've never heard it's been, fireworks. No, it's been louder it's been louder this year than years past but I, for sure you know years period i've never in my i've lived in la now for going on 30 years i've never heard it in la like this period or nothing even close to this 
But I've, I've heard it, it, it may be in part, you know, part of the political uh, movement that's been going on now. It may also be people cooped up at home and looking for yes. something. Well, I, I and think that something I think is fireworks. Is far, I think that's more the thing. It's like we have very few places we can go. The bars were closed and now they're open again, but now they're closed again. There's really nowhere to go. We're not supposed to be. Let's figure out a way to keep ourselves busy. I think that has a lot to do with it, uh, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but it, it is a, a big week for getting sports back. Uh, mentioned the Dodgers back on uh, on the field at their summer camp. Um, the, the the NBA are hold their back to holding workouts. The NHL holding workouts. Te- teams traveling to MLS uh, down in Orlando. But it, it the whole thing kind of feels Andy like that scene in in uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade where Indy's trying to go get the Grail and the and you have to step on all the right squares on the ground or the rocks fall away and then the spinning blades. There's a lot of stuff that you have to dance around and avoid. To get, to get these sports on the field. Um, and it's tough. Like, and we've seen a lot of that this week. Yeah. I mean, look, we're dealing with a fluid situation. You know, the, the good news is sports is coming back, but the bad news is, you know, it's a necessary bad news, but it is bad news. Nonetheless, the, the leagues all have to do continual COVID testing and we're continuing to see players test positive members of traveling parties and staffs testing positive. And on one hand, that is, you know, pragmatically speaking, a potentially good thing to get a handle on these numbers ahead of time before the sports truly kick off and before everybody really starts mixing. And you can hopefully have an idea on how to keep a handle on it, or if you're talking about the NBA, before everybody gets into the bubble. The bad news is a lot of these sports are going to be taking places in areas where we're seeing spikes and for leagues like, you know, baseball, for example, that don't have really specific quarantining rules, you wonder if just location is going to get in the way of making these sports possible. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like, you know, the, we saw in baseball, and we'll talk about this with Andy McCullough in about, you know, 20 minutes or so, baseball had really good numbers. Like, the, it was under 2% of players coming back with positive tests in that first round and all that, and NBA has been fairly manageable with uh with its with its numbers in that sort of five to six percent range in terms of positive tests which given the number of people they're testing is you know two guys one way or the other changes it from seven percent to four like so it's it's manageable but then you see what was it nine players on uh fc dallas and mls tested positive and like the blues had multiple positive tests in the nhl and um they had to close their facility down and the Clippers closed their facility after. I think the hard part for me, and, and I, I'm interested in what people think about this, 877-710-ESPN, is like, I don't know, like, like you said, it could be good. Like, now you know everybody's tested. You can get people isolated. You can quarantine well, them. And information's become, always like, good, period. Information right. is always good. I did, well, even I if, you don't, even if you don't like the info, the information in and of itself is always a positive to have. For sure. And I, I just mean in the, in, the, in the context of, okay, I'm somebody who wants sports to return. I want the NBA to return. I see two people tested positive at the Denver Nuggets facility, and they closed the facility. Is Like, what do I think of? Like, it's, like, it's so hard to know 
what's good news and what's bad news. Like the thing with FC Dallas sounds bad because they've already had to adjust their game calendar because of it. Like you see how little wiggle room that some teams have, but it's just, I think it's just everybody's still kind of on edge and not sure even in some ways what to think about the sports coming back in the first place. I mean, these aren't easy. These are not easy questions to answer. Like if you were looking at this from a purely safety first uh, viewpoint, obviously you would not have sports return at all. I mean, if you were looking from a purely safety first viewpoint on everything we do, you would have as little things operating at all, because that would obviously be the most effective way possible to flatten the curve and hopefully keep ourselves in a place where the virus spreads as little as possible before, you know, God willing, there's an actual vaccine out there. But we also know that that's not realistic. I mean, beyond something in sports, just life in general, the idea of holding up entirely is not realistic for the way our society, for better or for worse, is set up. So you start thinking about, okay, what are the things that we potentially could do and what is the relatively safest way possible acknowledging the risks involved for the time being. I think the NBA actually has a pretty good setup with that in terms of what is relatively safe, acknowledging the risk in terms of attempting to do this. But you have to start thinking about it's going to be taking place in central Florida, central Florida and the state of Florida dealing with a lot of spikes right now. How much does just the atmosphere surrounding the bubble, you know, a, a relatively safe place to be doing this, a relatively uh, a relatively good place to be going about doing this. This is something uh, epidemiologists have, everyone I've inter- uh, that I've heard interview, they've all agreed that this is about as safe a way to do this, about a sound of logic in how you go about doing this. But there are always going to be variables that you can't control. And you just start thinking about how, how much are those variables ultimately going to be sinking the mission and what you're trying yeah, to it's, do. It's uh, 877-710-ESPN. Um, we'll, we'll talk a lot about this over the course of the day because it's 4th of July. It's, it's normally in a normal year, Andy. This is the, you know, it's hot dog eating, which we, of course, accomplished here on 710 ESPN earlier in the week in a horrifying display from Alan Sliwa and Steve Mason. Um, but, you know, you know who won? Nobody, 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 <laughs> nobody won, won with that. I mean, like Sliwa technically won. Like, you know, if, if you look at the format of a contest, Sliwa was technically he ate more the hot winner. Dogs. He ate right. more hot dogs. But I would contend, Brian, that we as humanity all lost well, with that America contest. Lost. America oh. lost. Um, it's just revolting. So, but it's like it's Fourth of July. It's hot dog eating. It's wall to wall baseball. It's, it's typically NBA free agency. Yes, we're we're usually we're usually just buried in news about like where Kevin Durant went or where where the Woj bombs, right? Yeah, Woj bombs today, the Shams bombs, and and all that kind of stuff. And so that's what we're normally doing. And uh, you know, eight seven 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 ten ESPN. We definitely want to know how you're feeling with everything going on in sports and like the possibility of it coming back, um, and and what that is kind of churning up in you. Uh, in the meantime, Andy McCullough in about uh, 20 minutes. And next, Andy, the Lakers are back on the floor this week, kind of doing things as they sort of always have, but then again, definitely not. We'll talk about that next. 
It's the Saturday morning happy hour. Kamenetsky Brothers, 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Saturday Morning Happy Hour with the Cam Brothers. Unfortunately, he discovered too late that hermano in Spanish meant brother. Live and local on 710. Now Saturday mornings from 9 to 11 a.m. after Dr. Clapper. Oh, do you think so, doctor? This is the Saturday Morning Happy Hour on 710 ESPN. Oh, talking Dodgers in about 15 minutes with Andy McCullough from The Athletic, senior writer, um, and used to be with the LA Times, Andy, so he knows this area well. Um, Dodgers, of course, back at Chavez Ravine yesterday as baseball gets its workouts uh, in uh, in gear. Summer camp, they're calling it, Andy. <laughs> okay. Summer camp. Sure. Just waiting for the <laughs> Dodgers to paddle, take their canoes and paddle across the lake and Try to see what's going on at girls' camp. <laughs> Panty so, raid. That's right. Do they? People don't do that. Anymore, do I, I think that's probably stopped, and it's likely for the best. I gotta be honest. I mean, <laughs> likely. <laughs> I never. I never went on one. Um, well, what, the, the summer camp. That I'm going to we really make to, myself sound totally lame here. The, what exactly is a <laughs> panty raid? Is do you throw them at people? Do you no take them? no. Do you take what, them? I don't, the, the, the concept take them. of the concept of a panty raid, which you now it's extremely, <laughs> it's extremely clear. It's extremely important to make clear. Neither of us ever did. <laughs> Just, I, I don't know how far the statute of limitation for cancellation goes. I just want to make it very clear. Neither of us actually did this. What, the you, concept did Tom, what you did at Tom Sock in, in, in don't, You've grade. already said too much. Don't say the camp. <laughs> don't say the camp. There was no you've lake. Said, you've said too much. There was no lake. That's part of what makes it important. The camp itself really was too small, I think, to do a proper panty raid. But the concept of a panty raid was... <laughs> Which, by the you, way, you said, you've, there's no such thing as a proper panty raid. Yeah, I'm, anyway, I'm, exactly. A, a proper <laughs> panty raid back at a time when things were different, they were wrong, you shouldn't be doing this. Anywho, the concept of a panty raid was <laughs> you would get into the proverbial canoe or pontoon or whatever it was, sneak over to the girls' side uh, or to the girls' camp, typically across a lake that, again, our camp did not have, and you would sneak into the girls' cabin, steal the underwear, then display said underwear um, as the bounty of the panty raid. That's really all it was. That's, it all, was. that's all it was? You just go steal underwear from people? Yes. I mean, look, we saw this in Revenge of the Nerds. I mean, you know, it, that which, is, it, it really I mean, is Revenge of the Nerds, they, Revenge of the Nerds, they go into that sorority house, you know, after installing the cameras, which again, we should point out, you really should not do. <laughs> that a lot is, of things that... about 80s screwball comedies that are <laughs> right, in right. very no, deeply I'm not, problematic. I'm not saying that I'm above laughing at parts of Revenge of the Nerds. I'm just saying there's a lot in that movie that is legitimately problematic that you should not do. But ultimately, <laughs> when they went into the sorority house, they were taking the underwear. I mean, that's all they did is they just took the underwear from that sorority house. I mean, that, that was the beginning and the end of it. I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, it's not a violation on any level. I'm just saying it's all they did. Um, <laughs> it really is a lot of effort for very little payoff. It's, very, it's, a, it's a really good manifestation of just, like, the, 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 the combination that you have of, like, preteens and, like, early adolescent boys of, like, total, like, bravery and total 
chicken bleep, absolutely terrified of girls. Like, that's yeah. essentially what that amounts to. It's like, well, I'm scared of you. I like you. I'm scared of you. I'm going to steal your underwear. <laughs> like, that's right. basically the thought process there. Um, and it's very revealing in that way. But again, this cannot be said enough. The camp that Brian was silly enough to name, Tom Sock, had no legs. Had no legs. <laughs> I, I never went on one. And it was too, well, it was, again, the camp itself was too small as a co-ed camp for a panty raid. Therefore, we did not do this. Go, is, <laughs> go yell at other people. It is amazing. <laughs> Leave us out so of many, So many things in movies and stuff, especially from that era that you look back and it's like, you, know, you sit there and you watch Major League and for, you know, Willie Mays Hayes is really funny and like the stuff with, with Charlie Sheen coming out of the bullpen and the glasses and wild thing and all that. And but then at the same time you're like Tom Berenger really needs to stop following Rene Russo around. Like he oh, really he, needs to stop. Look, like he, stop Tom Berenger. He straight up stalks her. It is the doing the math in my head. I believe the 35 year anniversary of Saint Elmo's Fire. Um, and, and it was also in the news because uh, jo Joel Schumacher, the director, recently passed away. And you know I am a Brat Pack stan. I love all things Brat Pack, and I have a serious soft spot for St. Elmo's Fire. I know it is not a good movie, but I love it no, anyway. It <laughs> that being said, oh my God, Emilio Estevez stalking Annie McDowell, like that was a plot line in this movie that was played for comedy. Like he goes further, than, like Tom Berenger, at I'm not defending Tom Berenger's behavior in Major League, because it is kind of stalky, but they at least had been together before. And he was trying to rekindle a legitimate relationship, albeit in a way that's totally inappropriate and, and violates some boundaries. At least Berenger and Rene Russo had been in a relationship, like they had met. Emilio Estevez <laughs> is stalking Andy McDowell. I'm not even 100% sure he knows her name. She definitely doesn't yeah. know his name. Like he, he, follows, he follows her to a cabin in the woods. When she's with her boyfriend. Yeah, it, it's one of these. It's, and it's, it's supposed to be adorable. It's, it's, it's supposed it's to be, not. like, endearing. It, it's, but, like, when it actually does kind of, it reinforces, not kind of, it definitely reinforces, like, when we're in the moment that we're in. And people talk about, like, stuff that is considered okay or considered normal or normalized or whatever. And obviously... Times change. That's not like nobody would look at that and think it's okay. But there are still things like that. Well, actually, you know what? I mean, it's a it, you know, the the Washington Redskins have been nor, you know normalized to a way where like oh it's it's everybody looks at that team name and it you know in the news this week that the the Redskins. I love this quote. In light of recent events around our country and feedback from our community, the Washington Redskins are announcing the team will undergo a thorough review of the team's name like how long is that supposed to take like <laughs> like like what is there really to review here like it's not like this is something completely out of the blue that people are all of a sudden like hey guys what what i think has, they're has actually anybody noticed this what i think they're actually saying without saying is the thorough review is figuring out the new name like that's actually what it is because if you're bothering to go through this thorough review, you can't do it and announce it without changing it. The name's going to change. You cannot open oh, yeah. up this can of worms 
without actually changing it. Because if you ultimately, if you ultimately announce <laughs> we, we did a thorough review, we did, we and we come to the conclusion yep. that there's actually there's actually nothing offensive about the name at all after right. doing our thorough review. It's you you're guys in a way who are worse the problem. Place. Right, you are in a way worse place than you ever yeah. were if you just sat silently. So we ran it through is, the committee. Right, the name is going to change. There's no question about it now. And that really is what the thorough review is, is what they're going to ultimately change the name and trying to figure out you know, what has some type of a link to DC that they don't think will somehow uh, prove problematic down the road, but will make enough people happy. Like, you know, what, what's the least that we, what's the, I mean, really, I think what they're everything. It's like, so, so what you're saying is something that, that will be in the, in the middle of the polarization meter between calling them like the, the Washington Trumps and the Washington AOCs, <laughs> like something. Yeah. Something in the I mean, to some okay. degree, well, look, I, I do think that they're going to try, they, they want to try to do this in a way that's going to appeal to the people of DC, because ultimately that's where their largest part of their fan base is. And it's the most amount of people that they want to please. But they're also going to be put in a place where they have to they, they have to please, for lack of a better way of putting it, the, the PC culture. But they also have to appease the non-PC culture because they're, they're, they've, got, they've got people. And I'm, by the way, I want to make it clear. I don't think that changing this is PC. I think the name should be changed. I'm just talking oh, about yeah, this, this broadly. It is a, it is a horrible it, misapplication of the right. term PC to say right. That it's, it's just PC reaction to change no, the name it is of the not. Washington the name, Redskins. The name Come should on. be changed. I, I, I wrote about this actually for the, uh, the now defunct website, The Cauldron, uh, about six years ago. I'll tweet out the piece at Cam Brothers, uh, a piece that I wrote comparing issues in the movie 16 Candles that are problematic to uh, the Redskins and sort of the commonality of fans of both clinging onto it and what it can say about either of them if they do, or if they're resistant to acknowledging the problems in those. But I do think that if you're, if you're Daniel Snyder, you're in a position, at least in his head, if nothing else, of trying to appease the people that are offended by this and with cause, but also trying to appease the people that think it's silly to do this in the first place, and then also make sure that you're keeping the majority of your fan base, the people in DC, happy so well, that's what that is what that's yeah. ultimately what the uh review is about but what's funny man we'll get we'll we'll get we're gonna you know we're gonna have andy mccullough on next but we'll get back into this uh later in the show it's almost like this the circle of people we talk about people who think it's silly to change the name of this the the actual circle of people who i think think it's unreasonable to change the name of the washington redskins maybe people who say i don't really care i wouldn't do it but like who look at it and go that is ridiculous to change the name is essentially like Daniel Snyder and like five other people. It's a pretty, I think it's a pretty small group of people, but um, this is something we'll get into uh, as the show goes small on. But like, small, but small but loud. Small but loud. And one of them owns, one of them owns the team. And that's mm -hmm. really the big issue here. Um, next though, it's uh, Dodgers are back at summer camp. Um, as we noted earlier in the segment. Um, and uh, how exactly is this all going to work? How well are the Dodgers suited to win a title? We'll talk about all that with uh, the uh, senior writer from The Athletic, Andy McCullough. That's next. It's Saturday morning happy hour, 710 ESPN.
You're listening to the Saturday Morning Happy Hour with the Cam Brothers. It was between the brothers, Cam. This is the Saturday Morning Happy Hour on 710 ESPN. Oh, just saw a great tweet today, Andy, from uh, Dave Weigel, uh, sort of a, a political and pop culture guy who tweeted out uh, the picture from Superman 2 of uh, Zod and the, his friends as on Mount Rushmore as a reminder to honor our the founder, the great founders of our nation. Um, love Superman 2. Love Neil before Zod. All that stuff. Superman 2, one of the few sequels that is definitively better than the original. It is like the original. Super, the, the first Superman is good. I mean, it's a it's fun fine. movie. Superman Two is great. Like Genuinely it's legit, awesome. great, fun. It's funnier. It, it's really good. So if you uh, if you didn't see it, it's on our Twitter feed at Cam Brothers. You can check that out. Uh, the Dodgers back on the field this week at Chavez Ravine for summer camp. Uh, it's that's what they're calling it. Um, and uh, joining us right now to talk about everything that happened. Yesterday, everything that's going to be happening until the season starts. Andy McCullough, senior writer at The Athletic. Uh, you, many people uh, know you, Andy, from your time at the LA Times. So thanks for coming on. Happy Fourth of July. Yeah, likewise. How you guys doing? Doing great. Thanks. Um, so what happened uh, around baseball yesterday? These, these camps open up and um, players are back on the field, but it, didn't, it wasn't like your normal spring training. So like, what are teams seeing and what are teams doing right now? Yeah, I mean, they're trying as best they can to get ready for theoretical games in a way that is not irresponsible. I think it's uh, obviously going to be really challenging, but, you know, you're seeing guys on the field wearing masks, uh, you know, they're trying to practice social distancing, um, you know, but we're also, the media also has a very limited window into what's going on and how everyone is behaving, but it seems like so far, at the very least, you know, guys are doing their best to be responsible about this. So, you know, we will, we will see how it goes, I guess. Hey, I realize this is a broad question, but I, I do think the, the psychology of all this matters as you move forward. This day one where, you know, it's broken up practices and, you know, there's guys wearing masks and stuff like that. It, did it feel like baseball was back? As somebody out no, the I mean, no, this is a ridiculous science experiment. Like, <laughs> I mean, no, like, why are we pretending this is like normal? And no, no, to answer your question, sure, yes, they are, they are practicing baseball inside baseball stadiums, but this is a bizarre experiment that a lot of people in the industry think will not, you know, work out. What is it? What, what, what kind of contingencies does the does baseball have in terms of flexibility to be able to accommodate some of the you know this guy tests positive here or, you know we have to delay a game by there like that's part of the, the part of it that I don't understand like is let's say two players we saw what happened with FC Dallas like they uh, with the MLS mm-hmm. this week like they they weren't positive they get on the plane they get there and there's like nine guys or something who are positive so you have to push a game back or something like that does baseball have accommodations for something like that if a a large amount of people need to be quarantined at the same time uh it depends on where they are i mean if they're on the road uh, you know there there's some questions about what the protocols there you know where will those uh you know the people who are infected be housed i guess um you know i mean look like there's not even like a schedule out publicly yet Mm -hmm. uh, and games are supposed to start in like three (laughs) weeks so like this is all very fluid and you know they've talked about you know having 
neutral sites, I guess, if there are, you know, teams playing in areas that are too, um, you know, that there's too many cases, but you know, it's just, it's a, there's a lot of moving targets here. I mean, the pirates kicked the media out of uh, PNC park this week because Allegheny County is, you know, basically uh, has, you know, issued a, something like, akin to a shelter in place. I mean, well, you know, how will that, uh, how will state and local governments, you know, what decisions they make affect all this? It's all up in the air. You know, where are the Blue Jays going to play games this year? Like, you know, there's all sorts of things that are still being sorted out and still need to be finalized. So this is all very much, you know, written in sand, as it were. Talking with Andy McCulloch covers all things baseball for the Athletic, a longtime writer for the L.A. Times. Um, Mike Trout has still expressed some reticence about whether or not he's going to end up playing. Um, it's up in the air for the moment. How how big of a ripple effect do you think it would be if somebody of his stature opted not to play in, t- in terms of the rest of the, the players around the league? That's a good question. Um, I don't know to be honest i i don't know how players would react to that because um i think there's already been some you know prominent uh sort of guys who have opted out you know in ian desmond and ryan zimmerman and that didn't exactly have a ripple effect um i think that the players who are there uh that you know there's gonna there's gonna be some guys who are ambivalent i mean i think that's obvious you know you you can hear it in you know their comments and guys like trout and you know sean Doolittle and pretty much you know everyone who talks about this in a way that isn't that doesn't come across as like a crazy person they seem to understand that they're putting themselves at risk and it's really unclear like what you know, how much is at stake here outside of, you know, them recouping their salaries and the owners, you know, avoiding their losses. And so um, there is just kind of a weird, sterile, uh, you know, sort of ambient dread about this entire experiment. And um, I, you know, so I, I would suspect Trout will play. I, I think he was more vocalizing just the, the, you know, the internal uh, doubt he's had. I don't think he said, you know, that he wasn't exactly, you know, undecided because if he, I don't know, he, could also just not show up if he didn't want to play. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think we're just going to have to see how it goes. You know, the, the, the spin coming out of the first round of tests was that, you know, there was only like 1.7% test positive. That's, you know, encouraging. And then a day later, you know, Freddie Freeman's announced testing positive along with a few other guys on the Braves. And it's unclear, you know, was that a new test? Was that one of the one point seven? You know, we just don't, you know, it's all being done in ways that are not really transparent to the public. And so I think just taking it a day at a time is probably the right approach and trying to, you know, get through this. We spent a lot of time talking to Andy McCullough from the uh, senior writer at The Athletic um, about like, well, America, because we're very binary, it's sort of like death counts or it doesn't matter. Um, Mm -hmm. When when athletes and when the guys you talk to and different guys around the league talk about their fear, are they is it is it the fear of death? Is it the fear of helping spread it or like the you've seen a lot of uh, of guys, um, a lot of a lot of reports that we're not sure what the long-term effects are in, yeah. of, 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 of contracting Corona. Where, where, what do you think is most of the root of that fear? I think a lot of it is, I don't want to get my wife sick. I don't want to subject my children to this. Even if like, you know, as 
we've seen that the the uh, you know the virus itself does not is not particularly harmful for children. It's you know older people at risk, but just I don't want to put my family at risk. I don't want to put my mom at risk. You know, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And then it's also like I don't know what this does to me. Like if I catch this and I'm asymptomatic, like will that have a real effect on me five years down the line, ten years down the line? I think there's it's the it's the uh, the sort of fear that they will put those who are close to them at risk. Then it's the sort of un, the unknown about what the virus actually does down the road. I think it's a, on a much smaller scale um, because this is a hard thing, I think, for all of us to grasp is just like, okay, how does me being out in the world and theoretically you know, being unrespons- irresponsible and not wearing a mask or all these sort of things, like what is the chain reaction of that that it ends up spiraling onto someone else? You know, that, that's the part that frankly gives me the most concern about whether or not you know, baseball being played is a, is a responsible thing to do right now. Um, but I think for players, it's, it's more just like I don't want to I don't, I don't put my family at risk. And, and I think that's, a, that's how most of us you know, have, have taken in this because that's the most immediate way to process this, I guess. And then the uh, last question for me, assuming there is a baseball season to be played and the majority of players – Participate, participate. The Dodgers um, are considered one of the best teams, one of the favorites to uh, get back to the World Series. Do, do you think that they're well situated for this type of season? You know, this type of shortened thing where, you know, the, the urgency for every single game? I mean, I think they are well situated for any sort of baseball season. They have more good players than any other team. They have, you know, superstars up and down the lineup. They have a really good rotation. They have incredible depth. I, you know, yeah, I mean, sure. You know, they're, they, if they play baseball this year, the Dodgers, you know, should be one of the best teams, but also, you know, in a 60 game sample, a lot of weird stuff can happen and you can get, I mean, this is like, this is a really like callous and dumb thing to talk about, but like you can get unlucky and who gets sick, you know? And so that could really affect, you know, they could lose a star player, you know, and then we just, we just don't know. But yeah, I mean, if they, if you're playing 60 games in a 66 day stretch in a vacuum, the Dodgers would be the favorite because they have the best players. Um, but I just don't know. We just, there's so much unknowns about like, how players will, you know, react to minor injuries. I mean, if you get, you know, if your elbow starts barking a week in, like, are you going to push through that the way you might during a regular season? Or are you going to say like, well, I don't really want to, you know, waste the trainer's time because he's also working on contact tracing, you know, for all the COVID tests. Hmm. It's just, it's a, it's a really, you know, it's a very, uh, there's so many unknowns and it's really hard to, you know, to game out what exactly a baseball season would look like under these circumstances. Andy McCullough, senior writer at The Athletic. Uh, thank you so much. And by the way, Andy will be appearing on our weeknight show on Wednesday at 10 o'clock. Uh, so it's like, it's, it's a lot. It's, uh, it's the Andy McCullough show uh, yeah. this week here on 710 ESPN. Thanks so much for coming on today. And we look forward to talking to you on Wednesday. No problem. I hope to bring as much good cheer then as I did today. I wish I mean, we got, like, you know, optimism. To sh- you know, it's like, this is a dark time, man. Well, I, I'm very yeah. confident that in the next 96 hours, Andy, everything's going to be great. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not worried. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm feeling pretty good. Thing, if there's one thing we've learned about 2020 is that That's it's right. going to get better tomorrow. Right. You know? Just wait 96 say, hours. It'll be fine. I was going to say, the further you go into 2020, the better it gets. So Wednesday, my friend, should be pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Talk All to right. you guys then. Thanks. For See you. Right, thanks.
All right, 877-710-ESPN, kind of reacting to what we're hearing there. Uh, just about how you feel about sports coming back. Um, what, you know, it's the 4th of July. It normally is a big baseball day. And it's, it is, it's great and weird and all of these things to be talking about right now. We'll also take some calls about the, uh, the whole Redskins thing um, and uh, name changes across sports because it doesn't look like the, uh, the Washington football team will be the only team that's changing its name. It's a Saturday morning happy hour with the Kamenetsky Brothers, 710 ESPN. This is the Saturday morning happy hour on 710 ESPN. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. With the Cambros. So I'm watching this, Andy, and I think I just saw a a piece of footage from a, a, a professional golf tournament in Korea where a guy flat whiffed on his tee shot. Really? Yeah. He hit the ground. His driver hit the ground first and bounced over the ball, missed it completely. Like wow. you and I do it. I wow. have never seen that on a professional golf tour before. That really makes me feel good. It like does. That, that... I've seen I've seen duck hooks. I've seen guys shank balls. I have never seen them miss it completely. Like I'm not rooting against these golfers per se. You know, you said in Korea, like a Korea a Korean tournament. Like I'm not rooting against them. I don't even know who they are. But in these very fraught times, anything that can bring us a little bit of comfort is nice. That's right. And there is a certain comfort in knowing these professionals can occasionally be as bad on a golf course as me. Like Stars, there is a little bit of just comfort like in that. us. Yeah. Well, I mean, you and I have talked about this before, Brian. That's ultimately, I think, the appeal to golf to the average person is like, I I don't care how good of a high school football player you are. There is never a moment where you can replicate what somebody, you know, playing in the NFL does on the field. Like, you are not capable of that. You can't do it. Same thing with basketball. Same thing with baseball. But every once in a while, as a duffer on a golf course, like some public golf course across L.A., you will hit a shot that a pro couldn't do any better. And I think that's ultimately the appeal to golf to the layman is every now and then you will do something that makes you feel legitimately like a pro. Yeah, if I hit, if I take if I'm on a 180 yard par three and I take out my, you know, whatever I'm using that day and I hit it within eight feet, the pro that I play like is probably not going to do it any better. So yeah. yeah, it's the only time you can where you, where you can do that. Um, so yeah, kudos to that guy. <laughs> um, it is uh, what? Oh uh, yeah, I, I was going to say we got. Uh, I want to quickly get to uh, CB in Pasadena. Um, he wanted to weigh in on the topic of uh, the Redskins and the team uh, having their internal review, a thorough review about the potential name change. CB, what's up? Hey, Brian, how you doing there? Happy 4th of July to you and greater North America. Yeah, you as well. Uh, hey, yeah, yeah, I've, I've got withdrawal symptoms, um, symptoms pardon me, uh, because uh, Brian and Andy, I, I can't believe what's going on. This is a tumultuous time. It's cataclysmic. Baseball, now it's trickling over in the football, basketball season. you got to sit in a bubble, and those guys have wives and girlfriends and things. Um, you know, so – that that's going to be a tough sell. Now, speaking about the Washington Redskins, now, you know, my first helmet that I got was from Sears. 
and it was a Washington Redskins helmet. You know, it wasn't kind of like the ones we had in Pop Warner, you know, they weren't as safe, but that was a Redskins helmet. So now this is my um, proposal. Okay, with the Washington Redskins, here we go. Um, the Washington Empire, the Washington Warriors, the Washington Vaders, the Washington Stilt, the Washington Cyborgs, the Washington Terminators, they only have two left, the Washington Lasers, and maybe the Washington Gladiators. And that's <laughs> what, my kind of thing. What, what's the thought pro- I, uh, I, process behind those? Yeah. What, what, pardon me? What's the thought process behind those? Uh, no, though, you know, those are nicknames and emblems. I know how to draw and whatnot, and new uniforms. <laughs> I, 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 thought, I thought that the Washington Redskins had one of the nicer-looking uniforms in the league, to be honest with you. Well, the, the you know, see me, there's nothing wrong. It's not the uniform. The color scheme is nice. I mean, you, you yeah. can keep the color scheme and everything if you want. It's the it's the nickname that's the problem. Yeah, well, change, they're going to change the logo. That's what I mean. And this is my proposal with the Empire, Terminator, Cyborg, Lasers, and Gladiators. Okay, if you had to narrow down CB one from your own list, only one from your own list, and why? Which would you go with? I would go with the Washington Empire. Because and what's the rationale? um, Because you know Washington, the city of Washington, is uh, almost like uh, modern day Rome. The way they have the Senate and their governmental structure set up, and things of that, it kind of mirrors Rome. And actually, in America, a lot of our systems uh, mirror Rome. So. I would say the Washington Empire, maybe some. I gotta be honest. I I gotta be honest, Andy. I don't hate that. No, it's you know what. And CB, by the way, so we gotta let you go, but stay on the line because you just won a small star. Uh, It's gonna be your choice between Anthony Davis or LeBron James. It's a twelve-inch tall collectible, uh, collectible doll. It's not like a doll. It's like a bobblehead, but larger, and the head doesn't move. Um, it's, it's created by uh, it's a figurine. Terry. The word yes. you're looking for is figurine. It was the word I was looking for. Figurine. Oh my God! It is a figurine. Um, it's yes. created by uh, Terry Smith. He's a great independent artist. Yeah. You're gonna love this. So again, stay on the line when we let you go. And Rebecca's gonna get your information. You get to choose between LeBron James, Anthony Davis, figurine. Small figurine, wow. I believe, is the word you're looking oh, for. And you guys made my day. Are you kidding me? How long is it gonna take to get to me? Uh, well, I, I, I don't know. I'm not in charge. I am not in charge of that. <laughs> My job is to don't give pressure us, CB. You're getting the figurine. I remember I won some tickets one time. Heck, they never showed up and all of that. that okay, was- again, that separate department, CB. <laughs> we're just in charge. We're just awarding you the figurine from there. It's out of our hands. <laughs> okay, I got you. Thank you. All right, man. Have a good weekend. All right, don't hang up though. Don't hang got, up. So like, but it's funny. It's funny, Andy. Like, because a couple of those are yeah. terrible. <laughs> a couple of those, like, a couple like the Los Angeles cyborg, or the the Washington <laughs> cyborgs. That's not going to hold up well, um, particularly when cyborgs take over the earth. I <laughs> wish we hadn't done that. Yeah. But like, you know, the Terminators wasn't a good one. But like, he settled on one, and I was like, you know what? Empire is not a. T- it's different. It doesn't mimic anything else that's around there. It kind of. It kind of like when you're talking about the Empire playing the Cowboys, it it makes them. It doesn't. If honestly, it doesn't feel as made up. No, as some of the other ones. I I, I kind of like I mean, that one. I I think there will be some people who are put off by the idea of the comparison point, and you know, I guess to some degree, politicizing the nickname. But I could live with the Washington Empire. 
But just as a, but it, you know, works for sports. Like you know, we're awesome. We're going to be an empire. We're going to win lots of Super Bowls. Yeah. Um, you know, I, but I don't yeah, hate I mean, it. I could see. I could see why why it might not test well. Oh, it um, won't test you know, well. It's going to test terrible. Em, empire, <laughs> but I, but I don't mind. It's it. not a great. It's not a great time for empires. No, uh, in that no, it's not. Um, but uh, yeah. but that's not CB. So. No, it isn't. All right, so uh, still a lot to get into. We'll stay on this uh, Redskins thing and and why the Redskins are changing their name now um, and, and, and that thorough review. Uh, also, Antonio Morales is going to catch us up on what's going on with college football and USC. We'll do that in a half hour. It's Saturday morning happy hour here on 710 ESPN.